Amen. We may be seated. Hi, everyone. My name's Ryan. So good to see you tonight. Um, This is my favorite time of the year, other than my birthday, but that's only a month after Christmas, so I kind of get them both at once, which is great. Uh, So I'm excited to share uh, this season with each of you. Tonight, we are beginning our first um, teaching from our Lessons from Carols. I'm really excited about it. We have tonight and then next week, Pastor Randall is sharing, so be sure to come back if you like what you hear, and if you don't like what you hear, come back anyways. I want to read from Matthew 2, verses 9 through 11. The Magi went on their way, and the star they had seen went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw this child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And in Luke 2, verses 8 through 18, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on the earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. That's a great story. Great story. I love stories. I, uh, I love to read. I like to watch movies. I like to watch TV shows. Anything with a story. I really, I really enjoy stories. But I especially love to read stories. One thing with stories is there are different perspectives with the way a story is told. So for instance, some stories might be first person. Some stories might be third person. Then some stories have what's called an unreliable narrator. And an unreliable narrator is when the story is told through a perspective that you're unsure if it can be trusted or not, right? Some of us have seen or read some stories like that where the whole point of this perspective is to keep the reader guessing. You don't know if the person speaking or telling the story is accurate, if they're lying, if maybe it's a half-truth, and that's what makes the story so engaging. So tonight, our story comes in the form of a Christmas carol And that carol being, what child is this? Written in 1865 by a man named William Chatterton Dix, this song is really unique. You see, William Chatterton Dix wrote this story from a perspective that is very different than a lot of the Christmas carols that we hear. He wrote this perspective through the glimpse of the eyes of someone on the outside of the Christmas story. Imagine you are the narrator of this song. Now, 
If you're familiar with the Christmas story, you know Mary and Joseph traveled home to Jerusalem because they had to take a census. Now, we don't really travel home to take censuses anymore. Much of it can just be done through the mail or online. So we're going to change our story just a little bit. And let's say that as the narrator of our story, you are going home to vote, right? We still have to travel home to vote usually. Now, imagine as you're driving home to vote, it gets late. So you decide to pull off at a Holiday Inn Express because where else would you stay? You check in, you go into your room. What do you do when you go into your room? You check the thermostat. It's winter time, so you might turn the heat up. You might open up the window to see what kind of view you have. Luckily for you, you have a view of a janitor's tool shed out back. Look out the back window and you see a tool shed. And, and inside, what is that? Is that a man and a woman? Is that a baby in a wheelbarrow? What is that? Now, if you're narrating the story, your first question is probably, am I on drugs? And then your second story, or your second question is, who's that baby? And then, after you ask, who's that baby, a limo pulls up. And out comes Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos. And their arms are full of really expensive gifts. And they walk up to this wheelbarrow and they place this gold. And they place cash, because cash is king. Maybe they place stock options from Microsoft or Amazon. And you're watching this, and it doesn't make any sense. Because who in their right mind would come and give gifts to a baby in a wheelbarrow in a tool shed behind a Holiday Inn Express? And just like that, we understand the perspective of our carol. See, what child is this isn't from the perspective of someone who knows the story, who's heard the story. What child is this is from the perspective of someone who has no clue what is going on. And that's what makes it so amazing. I'll speak for myself. And in the Christmas season, I think it's easy for myself to lose track of those people who haven't necessarily heard the story of Christ's birth. Or maybe they're unsure of how it all fits together or the historical perspective or the incredible miracle that is Christ's birth. It's easy to forget about someone on the outside. But much of the Gospels and much of the Scriptures, especially the New Testament, are written for that purpose. To guide someone on the outside of the story into what is happening and what exists. This period that some of us call Advent is designed to move us towards a remembrance of the importance of this time and this season. Not only the birth of Christ, but the purpose of his life and his death and his resurrection. So as the narrator of this song, being an outsider, the lyrics say, What child is this who laid to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping? Whom angels greet with anthems sweet while shepherds watch are keeping. It's from this perspective that our Christmas carol finds its truth. The narrator asks, what child is this? The lyricist does something amazing. He responds, this, this is Christ the King, whom shepherds guard and angels sing. Haste, haste to bring him laud. Laud is simply another word for praise. Haste to bring him praise. The babe, the 
the son of Mary. Now, we didn't sing it tonight because it's a different arrangement, but the narrator goes on to ask, why lies he in such mean estate where oxen are feeding? In other words, if this baby is so important as you just told me, this is Christ the king, then why is he sleeping in a manger? And why is he surrounded by animals in a barn? Once again, we are provided with an answer. Nails, spear shall pierce him through. The cross be born for me and for you. Hail, hail, the word made flesh, the babe, the son of Mary. I love this stanza because William Chatterton Dix wrote the entire gospel story in one stanza, in one refrain. He gave the gift of the gospel message through a song. This, this is Christ the King whom shepherds guard and angels sing haste to bring him praise. The babe, the son of Mary. Nails, spears shall pierce him through. The cross be born for me and for you. Hail this word made flesh, the babe, the son of Mary. Our carol has something to tell us and our carol has something to teach us. And that is that when the outsider asks, hey, what is going on here? The lyrics tell them the story. Today, in modern times, in this Advent season, we can do the exact same thing. See, there are those in our lives who, who haven't grown up in church. They haven't grown up in faith. They didn't attend Christmas Eve gatherings as a child or as an adult. There's a background here that they're not understanding, that they don't see. They know the Christmas season is, is important because it's Christmas. There's a lot of great movies that come out on Christmas. Die Hard, that's a Christmas movie. But they don't understand what's happening. But we have the incredible opportunity to give the gift that is the gospel. The gospel is the greatest gift it's the most important gift that we can give. There are those in our lives who are seeking what is the true meaning of Christmas. I'll tell you, this baby named Jesus was born as a savior. He is the word of God now here in flesh. This baby was sent by God as a gift, as a rescue for our sin. He would be crucified. He would die. He would rise again and rescue us. He is the light of life. I love that phrase. Jesus is the light of our lives. Come to save us from eternal death and bringing us into a brand new and incredible way of living. All of this started from his birth in a manger that we celebrate here at Christmas time. As I said, this is the greatest gift this season. And it's the one gift that we can re-gift without feeling shame. So this Christmas, don't be afraid to share the story of Jesus, the good news 
the gift of the gospel. We don't need to be aggressive. We don't need to be shameful or demonstrative or, or judgmental. The story speaks for itself. The story of Jesus doesn't need our help. It stands on its own. And we can tell the story in confidence because it's the greatest gift this season. Our carol continues, So bring him incense, bring him gold and myrrh, come peasant king to own him. The king of kings salvation brings, but loving hearts enthrone him. Raise, raise the song on high, the virgin sings her lullaby. Joy, joy, for Christ is born, the babe, the son of Mary. So we talked about perspective. The first part of our, of our carol begins from the perspective of someone on the outside of our story. And the lyricist provides answers. But here, the perspective changes again. It changes from sharing the good news that is the life and the story of Jesus' birth. And now tells us to offer our own gifts back to him in worship. Just like the wise men. See, to tell the story of, of Christ's birth without first sharing in the news of the gift that is the gospel of Jesus. We must then offer our own gifts back to him. Otherwise, the story is incomplete. We must tell the story and we must do what it tells us. Bring your incense, your gold, your myrrh, your voice, your worship, your gifts, your work, your relationships, yourself, and offer those as gifts back to this baby that is Jesus. Jesus was given to us as a gift, the Savior of our souls. Offering us each the gift of salvation. And in return, we offer ourselves back to him. The most important gifts that we can give this holiday season are the gift of the gospel to those who don't know. And the gift of ourselves back to God. This act of worship completes the holiday story. And it really is the final answer to the question of what child is this? All of this from a child in a tool shed behind our holiday inn. It's an incredible story. And it's an incredible Christmas carol. I have to be honest, when I, I picked this Christmas carol, I knew I liked it. There was some background on it. Um, but then I got into it and I talked to uh, Randall the other day. I was like, I don't know what it is. It's just... Just, I feel like, you ever feel like you're kind of plodding through mud to like get somewhere? I was like, I'm not, not getting it. I'm not getting it. And then it struck me. There are two gifts. There's the gift of the gospel and the gift of our worship. That's it. So this season, let's simplify it. Let's give God ourselves and let's give God to others. It doesn't need to be complicated. 
We don't have to stand in the street with a bullhorn. Please don't do that. But it could be joy. It could be what's called Christmas cheer. I would like to call it the spreading of the Holy Spirit to others. To going through this season with a heart of joy and a heart of gladness because we have the greatest gift this season. Yeah, traffic today in Boston was horrible. Oh, it was so bad. But that doesn't need to affect the gifts that I give today because I have Christ. He's the greatest gift. I wish he had given me the gift to split the traffic like the Red Sea was split, but he didn't. That's okay because he's alive inside of me. And he's still alive and he was born to this Virgin Mary as a gift. So how can I squander that this season? So tonight, I told you I was going to keep it simple. Tonight in closing, everybody breathes a sigh of relief like, wow. I have a few questions. I have a few questions for us. And I I promise we're not going to do anything weird. I promise. All right? You might think I am, but I, I promise it's not going to be weird. Can we stand together and can we close our eyes and uh, Calvin, can you come up and play a pad? That'll make this even less weird and it's not weird, so whatever. Let's close our eyes. So this is the season of gift giving. Now originally the reason that we give gifts is because it is to remind us of the gift that is the gospel and the gift It is Jesus. So, with our eyes closed, I want you to picture the best gifts that you bought for the people in your life. Whatever they are, whatever you spent your money on as a gift to give them, picture those gifts. Doesn't it feel good to give people gifts? I love giving gifts. Picture the tags, their name on the tag, to so-and-so, from me. Picture the wrapping, Picture putting it under the tree. Picture Christmas morning when, when everyone wakes up and if you're like our family, we have cinnamon, cinnamon buns and some coffee and then we break into some gifts and we open them up and picture the joy that occurs on Christmas morning. Doesn't that feel good? Now, I want you to imagine giving gifts to God. That joy that we have inside, we give those gifts to others, occurs when we give our gifts back to God. So ask yourself, as we picture the gifts we're giving to others, they're really simple and really insignificant. What can we give back to God this season? What is it? I'll give you a second. What is it? Is it a skill? Are you gifted at something? And you haven't given it back to God in a while. Is it something you really, really find joy in? Maybe, maybe you have a hobby that when you do it, it makes you feel alive. Well, there's a reason for that. It's because God gave you these desires and these these feelings of joy when you do certain things. Can we offer that to God this season? Is it your work? Hard work is worship. 
I believe that with my whole heart. When we work hard, we are worshiping God with our work. Maybe you're married. Can you offer your relationship with your spouse as a gift to God? To say that the love that I have for my spouse pales in comparison to the love that I have for you, God. I give my relationships back to you. Or maybe it's just something as simple as yourself. Maybe it's your heart. Maybe it's been a while. You've kind of lost focus because it's a busy time of the year. It happens. Take a second. Offer yourself to God. God, I give you myself. I give you my heart. I give you my life. It's yours. Whatever that gift is, imagine the joy that God feels and that he feels right now as you give him these gifts. Let's open our eyes and the band can come. I pray for you that this Christmas season is the most rewarding and joyful and thankful season. And I really mean that. As I was preparing this teaching, that's what I want to leave us with. That this season can be the best holiday season you have ever had. All it takes is a recentering from the things that turn us to the side. And it comes back to two things, really simple. There's the gift of the gospel and there's the gift of our worship to God. And if we do those two things, I know that this season will be the most gratifying holiday season that we have ever had. So we're going to sing together and we're going to offer some musical worship to God. This is a great song. It's, it's glory in the highest. We're going to sing it in a second. Randall's going to come. But as we sing, um, as I said in just a second, offer yourself to God. As we sing glory in the highest, we give glory to God. Because he gave us the gift of his son. And that is good news. So we have an answer. What child is this? Jesus. It's the king of kings, the Lord, the savior of our souls who died and rose again on the third day, crucified for us, stole the keys of death for our lives. And here we are. That's good news. Amen? Thank you, everyone.